And we welcome you back into the latest edition of the Last Word on Sports Media Podcast. I am the somewhat lucid, somewhat capable host of the program, TJ Reeves. We've got a couple of great guests coming up here in a few minutes. He runs one of the more entertaining sports Twitter handles, at least from a media and a gotcha standpoint. His old takes exposed. We're freezing cold takes. He is Fred Siegel. How did he come up with the idea of old takes exposed? How much work does he have to put into it? Uh, he's got a book out as well that he's going to be talking about. Fred is here to talk about that successful Twitter handle and all, all about, especially with sports media people, uh, him keeping tabs on who got it wrong in particular. So Fred is with us coming up in a little bit. Also, a brand new sports app is out. We want to talk to you about the Chuck Sports app and its founder and CEO, David Arnett, is going to be a guest. And David's a big New York sports fan. And oh, by the way, the New York Knicks, the New York Rangers, and even in the greater area, the New York Islanders, the New Jersey Devils are all in the playoffs. Of course, the Yankees and the Mets have started up as well. You've got the draft coming for the Jets and the Giants. When is it ever the offseason in New York? But David is here to talk more about the Chuck Sports app and why they are making headway uh, right now in the space in terms of information and entertainment on your handheld device if you're a sports fan. So we'll talk with David a little bit later on in the podcast about that. Again, thank you for finding us, however you have done so, here as part of the Last Word on Sports Media podcast feed. Not only is this podcast out midweek, but you also hear George Offman's podcast series, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Great interview series with a bunch of different sports personalities, usually with a Chicago slant. For example, his podcast guest this week is Howard Griffith, the Big Ten Network Analyst, but also a big-time football player at uh, the University of Illinois, where he once ran for eight touchdowns in a single game. That is still an NCAA Division I or FBS record of eight rushing touchdowns in a single game. Howard also won two Super Bowls uh, with the Denver Broncos, with John Elway, Terrell Davis, and the Broncos as the blocking back for Terrell Davis. Tell some great stories on that podcast, the one immediately before us on this feed is uh, Howard Griffith on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. But recently, George has had Joe Madden, the uh, World Series winning Chicago Cubs manager, Jason Bonetti of Fox Sports and the Chicago White Sox TV, Greg Gumbel of uh, CBS, who started in Chicago as a local broadcaster here. All of those interviews from George on this podcast feed, Last Word on Sports Media podcast feed. Uh, we love uh, we love the insight from all of those different guys. And my guys, Mike Gill and Phil DeMont Mullen will be here later in the week with the Announcer Schedules podcast. Phil, of course, operates the Announcer Schedules podcast feed. He and Mike, for going on a year now, have been rating, reviewing who does it well on the national level uh, for play-by-play, analyst work, studio work, et cetera, for broadcasters in TV and radio. It's Announcer Schedules. And they've had some great interviews with the likes of Sean McDonough joining them recently. Uh, also, Mark Zumoff, uh, McDonough, obviously, of ESPN, also worked for CBS for a long time, too, but has done a bunch of big-time uh, events, uh, college sports, Monday Night Football, now the National Hockey League for McDonough. Mark Zumoff, the former longtime voice of the Philadelphia 76ers. Those are recent guests as part of the Announcer Schedules podcast. Mike and Phil are back this week with the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and much more going on. So again, you want to follow or subscribe on this podcast feed and get all of the great content. We also thank our partners at lastwordonsports.com. And you can find out more at lastwordonsports.com slash podcast for all the great uh, podcast content that they have, including this feed. All right. So much to get to. Uh, Again, I'll have some love it or leave it around the playoff coverage 
uh, some golf and uh, NASCAR and and much more that's uh, that's been taking place as of late. The NFL draft is upcoming. We'll do that, but we've got guests. We've got special guests. We've got interesting guests. And let's get to the first one right now on the pod. As promised, the man that keeps tabs seemingly on almost everybody in terms of sports takes. I don't know how he does it. We're about to embark on trying to find out how he does it. Fred Siegel is here. Old takes, it's exposed, freezing cold takes, whatever you want to call it on Twitter. And he's got a book out as well about the NFL, the bad takes in the NFL and the NFL draft. Hello, Fred. Good to have you on the last word on Sports Media Podcast. How are things? Great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate your willingness to come on. It is a great time to talk about the draft, which we'll get to in a few moments. But I, I'm I'm fascinated by all of this, and I think our audience, in particular, on a sports media podcast, is fascinated by by this part. How did you come up with the idea that I want to try to keep tabs on as many people as possible, and how good or bad their takes are? How did you come up with that? You know, I started it like eight years ago. You know, as a counter to sports media people posting their accurate predictions along with uh, self-congratulatory messages to themselves. I said to myself, someone should be the person to repost tweets and quotes where some of the same media people turned out to be completely wrong. Um, And I became that person, I guess. I didn't expect the tweet to become big, but it did. So it eventually allowed me to write a book about the historic NFL predictions gone wrong, which I really enjoyed doing. Well, we're going to do that in a couple of moments. If I'm correct, you didn't start it necessarily as just a sports idea. Was it not also motivated maybe by politics or statements and predictions that people were making in other walks of life besides sports, right? Well, no, originally it was sports. Like okay. I, because I, because I had been, I had been following Twitter since like 2010 and I, I really mostly followed sports. I'm not into the political stuff. I try to keep that away from my feed. So, um, so it really is sports, but you know, sometimes it's fun to do stuff that isn't sports. I kind of stay away from politics, maybe movies, which is difficult right. because you can't really police someone's opinion about a movie. You really can really, or a TV show, you can really kind of just look into whether people thought it was going to be successful or not. True. Like, you know, this is, bomb. Yeah, like this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And then it gets nominated. See, that's perfect. You know, along sure. the same line, any kind of, any kind of stance, where you're going out there about right. this is good or bad, that's fair game, right? Well, I mean, the worst movie I've ever seen could be like, you know, it's obviously hyperbole, but if someone's opinion, like for some reason, someone didn't like Goodfellas. I and mean, we were supposed to, and uh, some people trashed The Godfather somehow, you know? But those pe- those opinions, I guess, are allowed because it's not right or wrong. But it's the people who say, this is going to be a huge bomb. What a stupid thing to do to make this movie or TV show. Like uh, Better Call Saul. There was an article on Better Call Saul about that. Um, or, or it's not going to work. You know? Famously, that. the letter that Jerry Seinfeld got from NBC yes, telling him exactly. how awful his pilot is and it's never yeah. going to be any good. There you go on a freezing cold take. That's, that's the type of stuff. That type of stuff. Because that's just like concrete. This is going to fail. And it didn't. Um, so... It, free opinions about movies. I mean, like a Super Mario movie came out, it's like making a gazillion dollars, but there's definitely a lot of people who thought it wasn't that good. True. Yeah. True on that. Uh, Okay. So a couple more fun ones. Do you, I don't have to know this is tax season. I don't have to know your, your uh, tax return and how much you make, but do you make a good living doing this? I think most people would be wondering, is this just a side thing you do while you do other things and make money? Or do you make a good living doing this? I make it a, 
it's it's um i would say that uh it's the same kind of hustle that uh reporters or uh or uh you know i guess podcasters or Mm -hmm. others have so you know it depends on the day does that surprise you does it surprise you that somebody can make a living off of doing things on the internet keeping tabs on others social media posts I mean, I mean, while we just while we digress, there are people that are putting on females that are putting on makeup on YouTube and they make hundreds of thousands of dollars for how they put it on and whether they like it or not. So that shouldn't surprise us. But to what level, I guess, is the question. Does it surprise you that you can monetize this kind of stuff? Um, No, not anymore. No, because, you know, just like what you said, everyone's monetizing everything online. Um, But uh yeah, I mean, you just got to find an audience or people who will like it, and um, there you go. And I guess you got to hit, get it at a time where you know you hit it where you can get a lot of followers or people liking your stuff at a time where there's not many people doing it. I guess, or you could just like I guess the people who do their the modeling online or the the makeup, you got to do it better <laughs> than anyone else. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of competition in that area. Well, we're we're not as familiar with it, but for example, I have almost fifteen-year-old twin girls. They're a, they're experimenting and about to start putting makeup on, and they know who all of them are right, online right. and all of the commercials. And it's incredible the following they have and the money they obviously make. While we just digress for well, a moment, kids who open up the toys with the eggs. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It, it, watch that all the time. It's crazy. Uh, all right, so uh, interesting that you uh, have a law background. And by the way, you and I are kind of uh, contemporaries. We both live in the state of Florida. You're a Florida Gator alum, Gator Law School, correct? Or where did you go to law school? No, I went to law school at Nova Southeastern University, which is in South Florida. In South Florida. Um, in, in Davie, Florida. Nova Southeastern University just won, went undefeated 1D2 in basketball. How about that? We got all kinds of uh, insight from Fred uh, on, on everything, <laughs> including D2 basketball. How long did you stick with I want to be a lawyer? Do you still dabble in I want to be a lawyer? I'm curious. No, no, not anymore. I was a lawyer for eight years. Um, I didn't like it at all. And I was trying to find my way out of it for a long time. So um, I was happy. But uh, you, you can't, you, you did it. You, you, you try, you say you want to become a lawyer and then you're kind of stuck with it for a while. So um yeah, I mean, I guess just I, I was planning on getting out no matter what. Sure. It was easy to, to move into something when like this. Um, I understand on that. Is part of the lawyer in you, because when you're a lawyer, you're arguing the facts. Part mm-hmm. of the lawyer is you're citing the law in front of the judge or to the jury. Is part of the uh, of the old takes exposed, the lawyer in Fred, which is that's the witness is on the stand and you're doing the cross-examination that's exactly what you said let me read the transcript or here's the (laughs) evidence here's the evidence that's exactly what you said well yeah and there's a lot of that in like when people reply and say that's not good or or, that doesn't count and you say uh, well you know uh, this is what happened and this is what the result was and this is what they said so um, yeah so there's, there's a lot of that when kind of when there's complaints about it, when there's complaints about whether it, it's it's valid, or sometimes when I turn someone down, when they send me something, they say you have to post it. I mean, well, that doesn't really count. That's not really a a take. That's not really um 
that's not really a prediction. That's not predictive. That's not and, and by the way, we should make mention here on the last word on sports media podcast. I've only contacted you a couple of times. I did so recently. And you said the same thing to me. That doesn't quite qualify what I was <laughs> sending you. It was about a basketball coaching thing around college basketball. And you did the same thing with me. You have different uh, distinctions. Again, I love talking with Fred Siegel yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get to the book about the draft stuff because the draft's about to be here. And that's a big reason why I have you on. Uh, how how much of your day is spent going through all of this? How much of it is tips from others that are sending you messages? Give us an idea on a typical day, like we're recording this on a Tuesday. On a typical Tuesday, how much are you monitoring the takes during the day to see what's there? Well, I, a lot of it's monitoring my, my mentions. Um, that's really become a lot of the work now because I get sent so, much, so many uh, tips and everything. And like I told you before, like most of them I don't use are unusable or 60% of them are repeats of what I've already seen or what mm -hmm. someone just sent to me before. So you got to go through those. And what, essentially what, what I do is I try to figure out now the bet like uh, around this time for sure is a better time. It's a playoff time, like in the NBA. And essentially what you try to do is try to prepare for something that's going to happen in those games. But um, like, Right now, the best thing to do is 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 to go through a lot of the stuff about the Warriors. Um, you know, since they're down two zero, correct. So then you start going through that stuff and 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 bookmarking and all that kind of thing for those uh, the people who are counting them out. That's what you're looking for in in something like that. All the people who are counting them out during games. A team takes a fourteen zero lead in football especially in the playoffs, the NFL or college football, right away you start taking uh, tweets about people saying that they're going to lose because that could turn around in two seconds. I love That's this. really the type of stuff you do. And then um, you kind of look for historical stuff. Uh, you know, except if the Kings move on and you kind of look about like three years before about how their franchise is um, – is going down the tubes, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but but the playoffs are better, especially the NBA playoffs, because they're for take forever, and there's like ten eight days between games, and <laughs> it's like three to one. You have like four days to prepare something. Uh, so so that's the best. Even baseball too, hockey too, but not that many people like hockey. Um, the Lightning is a great great team for hockey. Mm -hmm. uh, because they, because they, I guess I think there was a series. I don't follow hockey very much, but there's a series. There was a series they lost a few years ago, and they were like one of the best teams ever. That's correct. Seems and to happen in hockey a lot, and that that applies to Boston for this go around too. For all the takes about how Boston's going to be invincible, right, right. etc. If anything happens, uh, because you're right, the Lightning got humiliatingly swept by Columbus with the right. best record in the league, a record-breaking season. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's where you pull it out seems the old to me takes. Like the playoffs in hockey is the biggest out of all sports. It's the biggest, uh, most there's the most parity there. You never can predict what's going to happen in that one. And it's a trove for sure for Fred and his yeah. side. And I promise, I promise, I'm coming to the NFL right now and the draft book and the inexact process and how you do such a great job. By the way. Uh, as we are taping this and releasing the podcast, you had great stuff out there about all of the takes on Jalen Hurts and him not being worthy of being 
uh, an NFL quarterback, never going to make it as an NFL quarterback, not only played in the Super Bowl back in February, but is now cashed in, much like Fred makes off of Old Takes Exposed at uh, at over $150 million guaranteed. I would say that that's cashing in for Jalen Hurts. So you've been all over that in the recent while we're, while we're taping this. Uh, one fun one in my house. You're going to smile. You didn't get me. You didn't have to get me because I didn't, I didn't put it on social media, but I, I've readily admitted this in interviews everywhere else. I never believed that Tom Brady was going to play anywhere other than the new England Patriots. I thought he would (laughs) retire. All right. So I didn't put that on social media, Fred, but in my own household, and this was right at the start of the pandemic craziness, the COVID-19 craziness. My twins are going, is he going to sign? You know, this is three years. Is he going to sign? And I'm going, there's smoke, but there's no fire. I don't I don't think he's going anywhere else. I think he's retiring. There's smoke, but there's no fire. To this day, one of my twins, as I work them again into our conversation, has never let me forgive that on anything. Like anything that I come up with, there's smoke, but there's no fire. She keeps imitating me. So she <laughs> is my version of old takes exposed, Fred, in my own household. Because yeah, she like, keeps repeating yeah, the Brady free agency line well, from three also, years ago. Yeah, and also, like, she uses it if you talk about any other thing. Well, I yes. love the fuck any goodness here. Well, there's smoke. There's smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and, the other, and the other things are things like whether or not we're going to pay for whatever it is. Well, there's smoke, but there's no, because the twins don't have a lot of money right now because they're not even, you right. know, 15. But there's smoke, but there's no fire. Or are we going to go out there? Well, there's smoke, but no fire. I get it all the time is my point to you. That is my old takes exposed. <laughs> you didn't have to do it. It just happens in my own house. I'll uh, I'll put that out there. All right, let's get to the draft book. What A ton of fun, I'm sure, to do this. Uh, just give us an idea. How long did it take to compile? And there's so many different directions you can go as the draft has been televised for the better part of four decades, basically, going back to the 80s. Tell me about the undertaking to write a book about the freezing cold takes with the NFL draft. Well, the book is not about the NFL draft. It's it's about all of NFL. Um, the def, a lot of stories. There's one chapter on the draft where I list just about 40 draft takes. Um, <laughs> old ones. Is kind and of you could have listed 140 had you wanted to. Yeah. Exactly. yeah well, well, I didn't want to make it a historical. That's really the only chapter in the book. There's 13 chapters. That's the only chapter in the book that kind of really kind of looks like my feed. I didn't want to make it a historical extension in my feed where like the entire book is just a list of bad tweets and quotes. I wanted to write some about some of those in, infamous individual ill-fated quotes and, and write about some of not just the backlash, but what was going on at the time and why they were made. So, you know, I wanted to do things like um, I did one chapter on the Cowboys from uh, 1989 uh, to 19... 19- 95, you know, like when when they signed when Jerry Jones took over the team and uh, Jimmy Johnson, he signed on Jimmy Johnson. They made that famous Herschel Walker trade and uh, all that stuff was in that chapter. There's chapters on the Packers uh, when they signed Reggie White, chapter on the Steelers when they wanted to fire uh, Bill Cowher, Um, just all that stuff. And there's two chapters in the Patriots and one about when the Patriots hired Bill Belichick. That was like one of the most trash coaching hires there was <laughs> and then in 2001 and 2002 when Brady took over uh the team after Bledsoe got hurt you know, for like a week or so the Patriots were like essentially put in you know the, their their season was done but Brady started playing real well so that kind of ended quickly but then 2002 when they did Bledsoe to 
Buffalo and they kept Brady and then, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. There was another round of that was a stupid move by Belichick to keep Brady. So there's a lot of stuff like that. There's just chapters about all these things in, in, in 2000, in 1996, the Ravens. Now that's a chapter about the draft, but it's, it's deep. Uh, the Ravens in the first round, the Ravens picked John Ogden and Ray Lewis. And it was like lukewarm reviews, like a C plus a C here. Everyone thought the Ravens should have picked Lawrence Phillips. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, yes. right. so there's all sorts of stuff there, but there, yeah, there's also a great draft one. Uh, chapter two. I mean, one something stuff about Emmett Smith, Bruce Smith, um, all sorts of guys. JJ Watt that you've recently put out there. Yes, yeah, I mean JJ Watt. There's, there's, there's a bunch of JJ Watts. Yeah, JJ Watt was was one that um, I don't know. It, they thought uh, Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley was the guy at that time. He was the guy everyone thought would be the best, and. Uh, when Houston picked Watt instead of him, that was something that got criticized. Oh, no doubt. And uh, and again, if you're in the opinion business and in my background, Fred, I was in sports radio for about 15 years then, uh, locally and nationally, uh, have gone on to do a bunch of national stuff, and you're constantly giving your opinion. If people keep track of it, uh, oh, yeah. you're going to be you're gonna be wrong with the takes and with the opinions. And now with social media, it's easier to pinpoint uh, who said what. I always, I always loved and would roast would roast fellow media members, fellow sports radio hosts that try to act like they weren't saying something too and would point it out over and over again. Well, now we can point to it on social media if they put it there. But I mean, to run away from your takes and act like you didn't say that, it's like back to politics. It's like politicians that want to act like you didn't vote for that bill. You did vote for that bill. You weren't (laughs) on the record talking about how great this is, whatever the policy or whatever the plan is. Of course you did. You just think that we all have the attention span of a gnat and don't remember yeah. it. That's and the well, uh, that's politicians the are, are, you know, whatever is whatever suitable at the time, you're, you're whatever is going to be best, whatever stance is best for you at the time you're going to do. And you just kind of have don't even think about whatever you said in the past. That's pretty much exactly what politics is. No so doubt. Yeah. The conversation continues in a moment, but first a word for our friends at Ticket Smarter coming up this weekend. It is one of the top fights this year in boxing and it's happening in las vegas as gervonta davis squares off against ryan garcia it is a hot ticket it's a big ticket in las vegas and you need to be looking for those tickets at ticket smarter they have got the best algorithms and price plan on the secondary market you're going to get the most competitive prices for what is an in-demand expensive ticket right now through ticket smarter and their mobile app go to the google play store go to the apple store get ticket smarter check it out a couple of more things customer service fantastic your purchase is 100 secure and guaranteed with ticket smarter and their quality assurance and we've got a promo code for you use the promo code fight 23 for davis garcia fight 23 you can take five percent off your ticket order of three hundred dollars or more and look the cheapest get-in price right now as we head into the weekend is 600 bucks to sit in the upper level of the t-mobile arena you want to use ticket smarter and take advantage of our discount to save whatever you can save to get in five percent off of any purchase three hundred dollars or more with the promo code fight 23 f-i-g-h-t fight 23 for gervonta davis and ryan garcia huge pay-per-view fight one of the biggest fights of the year in las vegas 
You want to get the Ticket Smarter mobile app, most competitive prices on the secondary market. Your purchase is safe and secure. You need to think smarter, ticket smarter, and take 5% off of any order $300 or more with the promo code FIGHT23. No doubt. All right, a couple yeah. moments left. Uh, interesting. Do you have anyone assist you? I have wondered that too because it's gotten so big and so vast, or is this all you doing this all the time? I'm just curious. It's all me, but um, I, I do have people assisting me by sending me the, the posts, like the, the direct messages and the tags to all the stuff that they think is suitable or something from the past. Did so. did part of you at any point uh, wonder about offshoot, about another version of this and starting another version of this, even if you didn't keep up with it only yourself? Have you thought yeah. about branching out, franchising to something else? Sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's hard. There's only so much you can do without over commercializing it, over making making it too big. When you make make, make it too vast, and mm -hmm. then it just kind of ruins the whole thing. I mean, it wouldn't even be worth doing because it would be just it would just be everything everybody says. It, there would be no thought to it. It would turn it it would turn into something bigger than it should be. So that's kind of really where I sometimes draw the line at it, but. Um, uh, it, it's a, it's hard it's hard to keep it a little bit it's hard to keep it like within what i want to do and, and make it big well you have uh again he's got over six hundred and thirty thousand followers following old takes exposed uh, i enjoyed it's a fun follow and again the book is freezing cold takes nfl it's available now a uh, great father's day gift right fred it's perfect in oh, around yeah. the nfl draft for all the takes about why jamarcus russell's going to be great or uh, yeah, even, yeah, in, even in the even in the present day, you know, why Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and all those guys that got picked in the top of the draft are going to be fantastic. And they've all now played for three or four teams. Baker Mayfield's now on my Buccaneers. He's on his fourth different team now. Oh, yeah. Already. Oh, yeah. Baker Mayfield was a big one. Well, the best is when they start doing well for like a little bit. And then it's <laughs> Baker Mayfield had that. He had a couple great games and um it was it was very very high there were very high opinions about him oh no doubt and, and again uh the old takes exposed uh site there is a great one again freezing cold takes nfl wherever they get books and get it online get it through amazon everywhere else it makes a great gift great father's day gift a great gift for any nfl fan your dad your uncle uh whoever yeah, right. uh, it's a great it's a great book reviews when for christmas when people who got it for their fathers their father-in-law um the brothers never christmas were good people told me that so we love yeah, that definitely a great father's day gift all right in addition to nova southeastern fandom and winning the d2 national <laughs> title well, i just he, figured that out recently okay. so yeah, another, yeah. wait a minute you nova weren't southeastern university you in, weren't in attendance rooting them on you've now outed yourself you weren't there at, at the <laughs> threshold as they won no i was not but you do uh you do have allegiance to that any anything else that we haven't covered that we should know besides everybody beware because fred is on watch uh with freezing cold takes anything else or are we good we're good thank you so much hey fred thank you for being with me on the last word on sports media podcast continue success with the site and with the book and uh and thank you for hanging out with us and telling the story all right thank you there we go. And again, one more time, it's a fun follow to check out Old Takes Exposed and uh, go get the book, Freezing Cold Takes NFL. Fred spent a lot of time on that. The book has been out since the football season, and it makes a great gift again for Father's Day, uh, for great occasions for your dad, your uncle, uh, your granddad, whatever it is. If you're hearing us here, 
uh, or maybe for yourself uh, to go check it out on Amazon, uh, eBooks, et cetera, uh, on who got it wrong from the likes of Belichick being hired or the NFL draft or, you know, who who thought what about Jerry Rice, uh, et cetera. It's just it's great to go back and relive this in a fun way. And as I even was self-deprecating with him, if you make opinions and you have opinions, you're going to make mistakes on this. Let's continue on the last word on Sports Media Podcast. Another guest now to join us on the program. As promised, I am interested in talking with this man because I have discovered the new Chuck Sports app. It's out there uh, right now in the Google Play Store, in the Apple Store, and everywhere else, especially if you want specific info, a feed on your sports team. And the founder and CEO of Chuck Sports and the app is David Arnett, who is with me right now on the Last Word on Sports Media podcast. Okay, full disclosure as I welcome you in. We are both in playoff mode in various regions of the country. You are in New York where it is uh, blood and guts playoff series. Here we go with the New Jersey Devils for your New York Rangers. I am in Tampa Bay where the three-time Stanley Cup appearing twice having won at Tampa Bay Lightning uh, being counted out by almost everybody, and maybe David, are about to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we got playoff hockey. What's this? I see the New York Knicks are in the playoffs with the Rangers. Uh, what is this? 1994 is as David does the interview. He's got a he. I, I got to tell the audience, even though they can't see him, he's got a Brian Leach jersey over his shoulder, going back to the Rangers' last Stanley Cup win in '94. We got like '94 mojo working up there in New York. Good to have you, and I know we're anxious to talk about Chuck Sports and about playoff hockey and everything else that we're going to talk about. How you feeling? Uh, I feel great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, TJ. Uh, yeah, it does have shades of 1994. I had, I had. I know you can't see me. I had a few more hairs back then. <laughs> Uh, but but still holding on to some. Well, uh, to be, you and me, you and me both. I have a hat on right now for David, and I'm showing him that I'm follically challenged as well on, on the interview. We both had more hair on our head, and it was uh, it was a different time. Uh, it certainly was an exciting time. Uh, there was even an O.J. Simpson Bronco chase in the middle of all of it uh, for the Stanley Cup win by the by the Rangers and the uh, finals appearance by the Knicks. I can't promise that. Uh, for this playoff go around, but in any event, we'll we'll get we'll get to weaving back into our fandom and the sports but we have you here because chuck sports and the app has been out for about a year or so tell me about why you wanted to start the app and what this experience has been like please yeah so really excited about the app both as you know the founder of this business but also as a sports fan uh so the the big idea actually came from the early days of the pandemic obviously not many good things did uh, but one of the nice things that came out of it is I had a poker game that was that was quarterly in person in Brooklyn and became weekly virtually in, in <laughs> April and May of 2020. And during those games, during those poker games, it was sort of staggering how much of the conversation was still being dominated by sports when there were no real world sports happening at all. Uh, and a light bulb went off. Actually, a friend of mine is now my my co-founder. Uh, but he shared the idea with me, and it it seemed like something that we could do, and we've just run with it. And it's been oodles of fun, and it's it's a great app. Yes, and I can testify to the audience here on the pod that it is very user friendly, and it and the the point you want to emphasize here, if you are a fan of a team, like we're talking about your Rangers, my Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, I work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
the team feed and the information being pushed directly to you. That's one of the big appeals about this. Take the ball and run with it, please. Tell me more about that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So all you do when you sign up, you choose your teams. It's a free app. You choose your teams. You get a curated feed. You will always see scores of your favorite teams. You can go pin any game you want. So if you want to follow all of the NBA and NHL playoff games, no problem. If you want to follow a couple, that's great too. And then your news feed is full of news about your teams and you can calibrate it yourself. So you get, you see, I have the Ranger jersey behind me. I follow like six or seven different news sources for the Rangers. I only follow a couple for the Knicks who I still love. Mm-hmm. I just don't follow quite as closely, uh, but that's enough to kind of stay tuned. So it's, it's a great it's a great digest in the morning. It's great to quickly check midday. And then, you know, in game, you have your, your live scores. There's nothing faster to look them up. I was going to say that that has become, I mean, this is, it's crazy, but that it, it, we have evolved to the point where it's not good enough to sit and watch a television screen that you almost have to have it on your phone, in your hand on what just happened in this game. And what's the immediate reaction to that play that highlight i mean like for example whether it's your chuck sports app or any any other uh sports uh service that was on the phone they went berserk at the time that david and i are taping when draymond green stomped on the player for the uh sacramento kings in the playoff game on the monday night before we're taping this social media the apps and everything went crazy with what happened in that moment what's the immediate reaction in that moment here's the highlight of what happened i mean david does it amaze you because we're contemporaries that that's what this has become it's not just watching the game it's watching the reaction to what we just saw on a handheld device so i i think that's absolutely right and it's especially true in a moment like this when there's more than one thing going on at the same time Again, we're, we're recording on Tuesday. I think this is running after. But the Knicks and Rangers are both going to be on tonight. Like, right, it's right. Really hard to, for most people, it's really hard to watch both of those games at the same time. Uh, so, yes, stay, staying tuned to the chatter, knowing when to flip channels is, is a big deal. Uh, there is no doubt. And uh, and the good news is for the Rangers and the Knicks, they're best of seven series for at least a few games if they're on the same night. That's a good problem to have if both of those are going along. And again, we talked with David Arnett here about the Chuck Sports app. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about, so you mentioned the idea. Tell me a little bit about uh, putting this together, what that was like. Who did you get feedback from? A lot of different people. Did you go to the younger generation? Some on your, what do you want to see? What do you want in here? How did that part work? Uh, because I'm fascinated on uh, on the nuts and bolts of how things get created. Yeah. Uh, and the last question is, I love those questions. And the last one is the most important part of that. Because, you know, yes, the conversation started with, this is a thing that should exist. There should be a forum for people to talk about sports with their friends. It's what they go choose to do in real life, right? That That's a fundamental point here, right? If you go to a game, you like hearing, you know, the roar of the crowd when something good happens and, and there you benefit from having all 19,000 people there. But when you're just in a conversation about the game, you're really just talking to the four or five people you went to the game with. And we're, we're trying to fit the best of both because that, that's something that nobody's really done. Uh, so that was... That was part of the experience and then, you know, pulling in quality content so that people, you know, have, have a place to go all day, not just during the games. That made a lot of sense. And after we had that framework, it was all just asking sports fans what they wanted, you know, because in a way, 
obviously many things are hard building something from scratch, but the one thing that's easy is you have a blank page, right? So you could just ask sports fans, what would you want on this page? Yeah, some news about my favorite teams. I want to see the scores of my favorite teams first. I don't want to have to scroll through to find that stuff, right? I want to see that first. I want to have that conversation with my friends, but I also want to feel the roar of the crowd a little bit. Right? Those are the kinds of notes we got. Uh, there are also, you know, you asked about younger people. Uh, their wants are a little bit different. Like folks like you and me like trivia a little bit more. We, mm -hmm. we actually have uh, a really cool trivia game we we built off of that called Chuckle. It's it's like the sports trivia version of Wordle. Uh, but we, uh, you know, younger people are more into actually what you were talking about before, like seeing the reaction right away, the, re the reaction to the thing every bit as much as the thing, uh, seeing the highlights. So, yeah, of course, we want to support that, too. I love this. And again, you just did something with March Madness. You you you, uh, you had some kind of a contest going with that. You'll have different contests from time to time. Tell me, OK, we did not rehearse this. The chuckle trivia. I'm a big trivia guy. Have you seen the chuckle trivia begin to grow? Has it begun? Has there begun to be some interaction? I mean, I realize with Google and, and the advent of immediate search engine capability, you can find the answer to almost anything uh, almost immediately. But have you seen? Has that begun to grow a little bit? The trivia part, the fun part. It it has. It has. We've had some growth in the gameplay and in the competition around the gameplay. We've got stats we've had for a while, but now we have standings in the app, so you can compete against your friends <laughs> in this game for bragging rights. I like it. Uh, yeah. We know all sports fans are competitive, so that's of course. a fun little thing. Uh, so, yeah, the, the game has done well. We get really positive feedback on it. Uh, we do like to run contests a little bit with it. But you're right, pe people can Google stuff, so we have to be a little bit careful with uh, associating prizes with trivia. We we of course. Modest. All right, let's keep it real, and let's keep it for bragging rights. We did not rehearse this. You can confirm this. We did not rehearse this, Correct. We did We're not go over this. Now. Hit me, hit me with today's uh, chuckle uh, sports trivia question. I want to see competitively if I know the answer. I'm not looking at anything. I'm only looking at David. What is the question today? And even if you don't have today's Ooh. question, what's a recent question? I, I have to believe there's something maybe around the playoffs, around the NFL draft, around the baseball season, because it's April when we're taping this interview. I'm just curious, and I'm competitive right now during the interview. Hit me with a I'll, chuckle I'll, question. I'll, I'll do today's, and it's funny because I'm looking at it, and I don't remember what the answer is. By the way. So this, <laughs> this, this is this scary. Will, this because really if work. you wait, wait, wait. The first rule, I've done this for so many years in sports radio and hosting. The first rule of asking the trivia question is you have to know the answer. Are you telling me that you're going to ask me a chuckle question that you don't know the answer, and you're going to force me or force both of us to look up the answer? I mean, this has gone sideways right away with me just asking about the chuckle question. I'll, I'll get you the answer right after I ask the question. All right. Ask me the question. Let's see if I know the answer. All right. So so the first clue when these progressively give away more information as you go, you get. All right. Clues. All right. All right. Clue number one. The first clue is I was drafted in the fourth round, but ended up starting right away in 2016 due to injuries. Mm, all right. Interesting. Cause that's NFL draft related a fourth round pick that started right away as a rookie in 2016, 2016. Right. I, I remember who it is now. I didn't, yeah. I you, didn't you know, you know, off the top of your head. Okay. So 2016, I'm trying to think, cause that's in and around uh, the time that Brady is still with the Patriots. It's in and around the time of the Rams getting good. I'm trying to think what else is there in 2016. That's post the Broncos winning with Peyton Manning. 
Uh, I have trouble with clue number one. I need clue number two if you have it, please. I do. Have I think it. there's some people screaming at the podcast right now that already know it, but hopefully they didn't Google it to look it up. Go ahead. Oh, I, actually, I, I think you'll get it from the second clue. Second clue is I want a rookie of the year award, edging out a teammate of mine and route to our conference's best record. Oh my God. I think this has got to be, but I, I don't know. Wait a minute. Uh, because the first thing I thought of is Mahomes, but Mahomes was a first round pick, not a fourth round pick. And he wasn't the starter. Uh, you, he, he beat a rival on his team for rookie of the year and they won the conference championship. But see, I'm not looking at anything and I've got to rack my brain on who was in the Super Bowl or who was in the conference championship in 2016 going backwards. I, I do you have a third? I think you got me on the chuckle question right here on the last word on sports media podcast. I, do I have a third clue or am I out of options? Clue. And on the last one, I clarify they had the conference's best record. They didn't necessarily go to the make, conference championship. The Super Bowl. All, right. We'll, all, right. We'll uh, all right. Third clue. I went on to start the first 69 games of my career before suffering a season ending injury in week five of the 2020 season. I'm still drawing a blank because we're going back to 2016. So this is the 2016 rookie of the year started 69 games in a row who would have won the rookie of the year in 2016 that was a fourth round draft pick i think you got me on the chuckle question unintentionally and i'm really good at trivia so now this is like a part embarrassing and part motivating that i got to be better at the chuckle question give us the answer david arnett the answer is dak prescott the Dak Prescott and every Cowboy fan everywhere was yelling that uh, it's amazing. Um, and he's now a $150 million plus quarterback. And and now I know why I've repressed all of that because it ended my Buccaneer season. It ended the career of Tom Brady. It would appear when Dak Prescott won a road playoff game for the Dallas Cowboys Cowboys for the first time in 30 years at the hands of my Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in February. So, so that's amazing because that's actually what the fourth clue was. In January, I led my franchise <laughs> to his first road playoff win in 30 seasons. There you go. You know some yeah. stuff. Yeah, dude, I do know some about that. How about that? So Dak Prescott, and I had forgotten that he was the rookie of the year that year for how well he played. Tony Romo gets injured in a preseason game. Everybody's talking about whether starters should play in preseason games. He gets injured in a preseason game, and the rest is history for Dak Prescott putting a stranglehold on that job uh, yeah. from then on. So fascinating on the chuckle Question. A few more minutes with David Arnett. Again, Chuck Sports is the app. If you can't tell, we're having fun uh, talking about all of this. All right, so back to the fandom of the Rangers in particular. Are you Rangers more so than Knicks? Are you are you equal on the fandom yeah. of both for playoff time, or how does it rank? I'm Rangers more so than Knicks, but I, I definitely root for both. So both do you watch the games in solitude? Can you watch them with other people? Or if you're watching them on TV, do you have to be alone because you might be throwing things? I know you've got younger kids. You might be saying things that you're not supposed to say, depending on uh, like a missed tripping call, for example, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what what is the uh, what's the update, David Arnett? Uh, yeah, so both of my kids will watch. I'm pretty good, not like perfect, but pretty good about not cursing in front of them. <laughs> Nine now, so it's not the first time they've heard these words. Uh, but uh, and then they'll they'll go to bed. You know, the games are on a little bit later, so they'll watch uh, they'll watch the first part of the game. And then the end will typically be me solo like my wife will watch a very big game with me but not much in between right and and at what uh, time are you coming to bed uh it depends if we win or not it's right. kind of uh yeah 
It's kind of well, one of those. Yeah, uh, I mean, the overtimes are particularly good for that. Oh well, exactly. And the games go on and on and on in the Stanley Cup season. And the Lightning have had those uh, as well. Welcome to it. Uh, all right. So, how romanticizing big word is this that it's the New Jersey Devils in the opening round when that '94 Stanley Cup win doesn't happen if they don't beat who the New Jersey Devils? including David's going to smile because I'm going to do my impersonation here on the last word on sports media broadcast. Was it, uh, I'm trying to remember, was it Howie Rose calling it on WFAN? Stefan Mateau's double overtime goal won the game. Uh, to, it was game seven to, to, to advance to the Stanley Cup finals with Rose yelling, Mateau, 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 Mateau. It's like 16 times. I won't do it 16 times. So how romanticizing is this that it's almost 30 years later and it's the devils, David Arnett? Yeah, it's it's great. You you do a very good Howie Rose. By the way, you're exactly <laughs> right on that. Uh, yeah, you know, it brings back lots of memories. That that's that's the strongest one. Where we've had a few playoff games, uh, we lost to them in the 2012 Conference Final. I think right, uh, right. That was a bummer. But there've been been good moments, and I I think I think we're the slightly better team. So I feel good about that too. But here's the truth. A year ago, you're up 2-0 on my Tampa Bay Lightning, and I heard from every Ranger fan down here in West Central Florida crawling out from under every rock and every cray, every cave, every New York media member taunting me. And as I keep saying to all of them, how'd that work out for you, as we say in the South? Uh, so now you're being a little more modest as a New York fan base the New York media, et cetera, going in with a little more perspective that just because this starts off well in the first game or the second game, that does not make a full seven-game series. You know this, David. So here, here we go, right? Yeah, I mean, the hockey playoffs are always are always a roller coaster. The games are a roller coaster than the entire thing. Uh, so, yeah, it felt great last year. We're, we won the first <laughs> two games at home. We were up 2 nothing in Tampa in game three against the two-time defending champions, and then it – you know, it fell apart, but your team was really good. It's, yes. you know, I didn't feel like we played badly. I thought you had a really good team. Yeah, and the goalie's really good, too, the big cat. We'll see if he gets his act together because he hasn't been that great, but playoff hockey's a different thing. All right, one more time, David Arnett. Let's tell him more about the Chuck Sports app, the content they get on it, why they want to get it, where they can get it. Plug away, please. Sure. So uh, use tinyurl.com slash getchuck to, to grab the app. Uh, you'll get the best curated feed you've ever seen. It'll be the fastest. You can look up scores of anything you care about. You can calibrate how much news you get for each team. You can play our daily sports trivia game, Chuckle, like TJ just did. Uh, like I just did poorly. Did. I just did poorly. Took three clues to get Dak Prescott. Well, we, we actually treat it like we, we think of it a little bit like golf. So if you get it in four, that's a par, three is right. a birdie. So I made a birdie. All right. All right. That's good. I like that. You're making me feel better at the end of the interview. Keep going. Yeah, Keep know. going. Chuck you Sports know. and where they can find it. Yep. Uh, and follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Chuck Sports app. Same thing on Instagram, instagram.com slash Chuck Sports app. Facebook, we're facebook.com slash Chuck Knows Sports, like like Bo knows sports from back in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and you really enjoy it, you know, soak it in, share with your friends because sports are more fun with friends. That's right. At the, the core of what we're doing. No doubt about that. Uh, Bo knows. Uh, how about this with the NFL draft coming up? Bo Jackson, former number one overall pick by my Tampa Bay Buccaneers who never set foot in their facility and played baseball instead for the Royals and eventually football for the then LA Raiders. Uh, welcome, welcome to the things that we know with trivia. That might even end up being a chuckle sports trivia question before it is over with. 
Uh, who knows? Listen, this was great stuff. It was a lot of fun. I wish your team well, just not too well if they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs. The Knicks also in the playoffs. It is take me back to 1994 right now in New York, I would think, uh, right about now. David Arnett, you did great. Thank you for this. Good luck with Chuck Sports and the app. Uh, go get it in the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. It is free. Uh, we encourage everybody to do so. Thank you. I appreciate you spending some time with me here. Good luck with the app, sir. Thanks so much, TJ. Enjoyed that conversation. And again, partake at uh, Chuck Sports app in the Google Play Store, in the Apple Store, to get that customized feed and play the Chuckle Trivia and all the other games that they have there. And we thank David Arnett uh, for being on board with us. All right, remaining moments here on this edition of the podcast, and we will spend it going over some ratings and some different things that the host likes or not. Let's get into it. Love it or leave it. Well, we can say so far that the public at large is loving the NBA playoffs as they have gotten underway. Hey, welcome back, Sacramento Kings. For the first time in like a decade and a half, they're back in the NBA playoffs and their game one win over the Golden State Warriors ending up having over 6 million viewers on ABC. That's up 38% in viewership from the same uh, comparable slot a year ago at Game 1 involving the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors. So the Kings being back, and of course the Kings have now won the first two games of that series as we launch this podcast midweek. That's done well, and right now the rating's doing well on ESPN slash ABC as well as Turner. Uh, Give credit also... um, for the Lakers-Grizzlies game on Sunday that had 5.5 million watching, while that was down a little bit in viewership from a year ago. A year ago, it was a Nets-Celtics game on Easter Sunday. But still, 5.5 million is a solid rating number. And then on Sunday night, game one of the Clippers and Suns had 5 million watching as well on TNT, which uh, far surpassed what they had with Pelicans and Suns a year ago for 4 million had a million more, 20% higher up on the TNT. And, and TNT has done well with the uh, the early games and the play-in on Friday night. Those were rated well for the elimination games that they had with Miami and Chicago. And uh, what was the the other one off the top of my head that also was successful in the West? I think that was the, that was the Pelicans uh, battling, uh, what, the Timberwolves. I think the Pelicans actually got beat. I'm having to double-check on what all of my playoff matchups are and who's getting involved in those games, uh, at least early on uh, from the top teams in in the conferences uh, here for these different teams. But anyway, the play-in did well on Turner. Uh, So the audience is loving that. Now, again, I will submit to you, though, the college basketball, even on cable, uh, with Turner's uh, channels, with uh, TBS uh, and the CBS network coverage, still better than the NBA early playoff ratings. I mean, I always love this argument that there are more fans of the NBA because of the major markets like New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and uh, Detroit and Atlanta and Philadelphia care more. And so therefore the NBA, the NBA audience is not better than the major college basketball in the NCAA tournament. When the NCAA tournament comes around, you know, comparable cable number, that uh, Michigan State, Kansas State number in the Sweet 16 on a Thursday night on cable, uh, much more than what the play-in games got last week, or even these early uh, opening game of an NBA playoff series on ESPN or Turner, they're not getting eight, nine million like what that game did. Uh, and again, comparable on network with CBS, 
the uh, the Duke early round uh, matchup uh, with Tennessee, the Kentucky early round matchup with Kansas State in elimination games. We're getting right around 9 million, 10 million, 11 million people. That's better than what we saw this weekend from game ones in the NBA. So this notion, again, on love it or leave it, you got to leave it on that argument. There are not more NBA fans than there are March Madness fans. The numbers, the audience doesn't support that. The nation is gripped by filling out brackets and all of the different gambling and pools in and around the tournament, and you fall in love with the upsets and the little guys beating the big guys. And by the second weekend and by the final four, you're seeing 14, 16, 18 million people watching this stuff. It's that big of a deal with March. All right, let's move on, shall we? Love it or leave it. Next up, one of the little nuances right now with the hockey coverage. I haven't seen them doing it so far with ESPN and uh, TNT's coverage. Turner, again, Warner Discovery's coverage of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But the new uh, putting the player's name over the top of them in the live shot over and over again, it's just it's too distracting. I was never a big fan uh, before of the blue puck when, when Fox had the glowing blue puck in the 1990s. And the same thing again. I mean, it's one thing like Fox had the innovation to put the name over the top of the cars in NASCAR for a while when they had the big wide shot and you would, oh, okay, that's Dale Earnhardt Jr. or, you know, Jeff Gordon or whomever are now in the modern day, Joey Logano or Denny Hamlin, that you would know the NASCAR drivers with the name over the top of the car on a wide shot. But for the hockey, I don't I don't have to see that that's uh, Steven Stamkos from my Tampa Bay Lightning or David Pasternak from the the Bruins or Zabinajab of the Rangers or go on and on. Cole McCarr of the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. I don't have to see their name up above them. It's a little too much uh, in terms of too busy on the screen. Now just tell me who it is audibly for the announcers and, and you can show it to me on replays who made the good pass and tell me audibly who the name is. I can see the names on the back of their jerseys, and you can put graphics up that show me who their name is after the play is over when there's a whistle and a stoppage. I don't have to see it while it's going on. So there's a there's another leave it uh, here in, in this case. Love it or leave it. Another one that's a good one, it's uh, golf analyst Trevor Immelman. Again, he was right on it again this weekend for CBS's coverage of the uh, RBC Heritage the Hilton Head South Carolina tournament the week after the Masters. It was eventually won by Matthew Fitzpatrick in a uh, sudden-death playoff with Jordan Spieth. It ended up being a fairly highly rated, again, 4.5 million people watching uh, on average for the final round in the playoff for Fitzpatrick to win it. But Emmelman's uh, insight and analysis are keen, and he's a former Masters champion, a former multi-time worldwide winner. He's coming into his own. He's having to replace a legendary player and broadcaster in Nick Faldo, who retired after so many years of the booth with Jim Nance. But Emmelman is quick to point out uh, different shots. He's even offering criticism on guys for club selection or how they're missing or where. He's got uh, he's got really good insight. And, I, you know, Trevor Emmelman has been part of the CBS broadcast previous years, but now he's moved into that top analyst role in the 18th Tower. I say love it on Trevor Emmelman with the golf. Love it or leave it. And finally, tis the season. I am loving all of the different excitement, especially around the Stanley Cup playoffs with the drama or last second games. 
in the NBA. This is, I mean, this is what playoffs and playoff series are all about. Again, to me, nothing touches the drama of the NCAA tournament with the little guy having the chance to beat the big guy. And I realize the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl are king. College football has more audience and they're going to be expanding their playoff. But man, Stanley Cup playoff hockey, it, it while it's especially an elimination game, yes, but it is tough to beat the drama of all of these games that are, by and large, one goal and overtime games. I know as we release the podcast, my Tampa Bay Lightning bashed the Toronto Maple Leafs 7-3 to in Game 1. That series has a long way to go. Toronto will probably bounce back and win Game 2, and then it's series on. And the Rangers won convincingly in Game 1 with the New Jersey Devils. But, man, we had a double overtime win for Minnesota over Dallas on Monday night, an overtime win over Edmonton for the L.A. Kings. It seems like all the hockey, it's one goal games and overtimes repeatedly love the drama, loving it on the drama and close NBA action in the final minutes. Uh, It's been great stuff to watch the Sacramento Kings against Golden State. We'll see if the exciting action continues along as uh, as part of this. Uh, By the way, more than one person has been pointing out uh, Boo Hiss. Uh, for the uh, for the uh, NBA and NHL schedule makers to put, be putting the Rangers Devils head to head on Tuesday night with the New York Knicks game two uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers at the exact same time. How are you supposed to keep up with both with the split screen and all the ADD uh, that you have on that? So that's a minor leave it but I, I love it for all the playoff drama that's for sure in any event that'll do it for this edition of the last word on sports media podcast my thanks again to fred siegel of the twitter handle old takes exposed or freezing cold takes again that book freezing cold takes nfl is out right now on the whole nfl not just the nfl draft also david arnett from chuck sports get the chuck sports app we recommend it highly uh, to customize your news feed all the scores all the interaction with your friends Uh, The different games they play, the different trivia, cool app in the Google Play Store and the Apple Store for Chuck Sports. For now, we are good. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Lots on the NFL draft coming next week with draft week and and what a Goliath TV event that that has become. We'll talk more about that next week. All the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA playoffs, the baseball season going, anything else that's happening, golf, NASCAR, uh, you name it. Uh, we will talk about it here as best we can on the last word on sports media podcast feed. Make sure you're following or subscribing wherever you get podcasts. You'll get George Offman's content. Again, Howard Griffith is his guest uh, for this week from the Big Ten Network and the Illinois Fighting Illini playing days in college football and the NFL with the Denver Broncos and Super Bowls. Uh, check out that conversation. And Mike and Phil are here later in the week breaking down the announcers and who's doing it well in particular at the national level. Uh, with the playoff coverage and much more announcer schedules with Mike and Phil later in the week. For now, we're good on the Last Word on Sports Media podcast feed. I'm TJ Reeves. Also, find out more at lastwordonsports.com slash podcast. Make sure you're following and subscribing to us for the Last Word on Sports Media podcast feed.